Hello and welcome to From the Rookery End. And well, unfortunately, I was going to play the emergency klaxon there, but um, we've we've rang it so many times, it's broken. Uh, yep, yeah, that's right. We're here once again to talk about another Watford manager. I make it the 17th since the Pozzos took over, therefore the 19th of our time of doing this podcast, which is ridiculous. But we'll talk about why this is a little different this time compared to some others. I'm John, and of course, uh, joined by Mike. All right, lads. <laughs> and Jason. Yeah, good evening. We've got to talk about, you know, we are going to talk about this, but try and talk about the point from different points of view and the different people involved and how we feel towards it and them uh, and where our sympathies lie. Yeah, hopefully you know, and you've listened to us for 13 years, and you know that we like to talk about things fully to... Uh, to to, to just get all sides. We explore every we explore yeah. every side of the of the issue, don't we? And try and be as try and get under the skin of it a little bit, and try and try and cut, sort of come to terms with it by looking in the round. Yeah, and and that's what we're going to do. But let's let's talk about this today. Um, during lunch, depends what time you have your lunch hour. Um, we had a tweet. <laughs> Um, from the club, uh, after some rumours, of course, um, that said that Rob Edwards had been sacked as Watford head coach. And 15 minutes later, which I think is our record, um, I haven't got the full time of uh, between tweets of Watford announcements, um, uh, Slavan Bilic uh, was named as the new Watford head coach. So let's talk about you know the, the, the people all involved with this. Let's start with Rob. I've got two challenging questions for you, boys. Can you put a case together and a reason why you would sack Rob Edwards? I can put a case together for why Gino Pozzo would, would sack Rob Edwards, <laughs> oh, yeah. OK, we'll get to Gino um, later, but yeah. 11, 11 games into the season. And look, I think it's important to start start this off. Um, Watford under Rob Edwards haven't been impressive, and we've alluded to it in the podcast previously, that even though there has been, it's been a tumultuous uh, close season in terms of the transfer window, who's going to stay, who's going to go, the new signings coming in haven't been necessarily been available. There have been issues for Rob Edwards to deal with, but all that said, I don't think Watford have managed to look like a football team yet in as much as there hasn't been any discernible style, there hasn't been any discernible way of um, taking the game to an opposition. If you had to explain Rob Ball to to me, I don't think anyone would be would be able to do it. So there have been issues, certainly, with, with this Watford side so far this season. That said... The amount of time he's been given is at this stage in the in the Watford process, if you like, in the in the in the in the Pozzo era, after everything that's said in the summer, there's absolutely had not enough time to to turn it round. So, looking it through a Watford lens, the way that we we know that the club operate, it's probably no great surprise that he's been sacked when you look at the look at how how they've how they've played, but that's. Don't get me wrong. You mentioned that the tweet came out. I sort of was. I looked at it and thought. I think it was a Telegraph that broke the the story. I assumed it was a a joke account and <laughs> and completely dismissed it. And then I think a couple of tweets down, there was someone else talking about it. It completely and utterly blindsided me. So can I put a serious case? Looking at the whole situation. For, for Rob Edwards being relieved of his duties, which was the, uh, the rather cold, I thought, um, statement from from Watford. Can I put a case for it? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I um, it knocked me knocked me for six, and uh, yeah, I'm still reeling, quite frankly. Yeah, I mean the timing of it was 
is the most amazing thing for me. They've had more than a week. And if you want to have an impact and you want to have time, which is always the most important thing for good thing to develop, it's like you could have done this a week ago. Jason, how do you feel about about it? Or particularly what you saw of, of what Rob did as, as Watford head coach? How do I feel about it? I, I, I think I feel like most Watford fans, judging by the... Um, what I see on, on or seen on social media today, it's just it, it just feels beyond a joke now. It's I think someone yeah. mentioned yeah. earlier that we've become a parody of ourselves. There's a lot of Watford fans out there that have, have probably backed Gino and Scott and and sort of given them the benefit of the doubt and given them an opportunity. We, I'm sure it'll be it will come up many times over the next few days in terms of Scott Duxbury over the summer saying there's going to be a change in culture. We're going to back the manager. What was the phrase? Come hell or high water. And yet here we are. And let's be honest. Are we really surprised? And, and nothing has changed at all. Nothing has changed at all. We spent many years at the start of the Pozzo era when, when we sort of went through this phase of changing the head coach so once a season where we were doing all right and we got to that point in uh, in 2019 where we were challenging for Europe on two fronts. Let's be honest, we were we were heading towards the FA Cup final and we were one of the teams challenging for seventh in, in the Premier League. And, and we'd been defending the uh, the model uh, and saying, look, yeah, you can you can take the mick as much as you like. But look where we are. Look how much we're challenging. Look how much we've progressed over the over the years under the under the Pozzo regime. But since then. It's not worked at all. And I think, quite frankly, everyone is sick and tired of defending the regime and the way they're going about things. Absolutely. And I think you mentioned Scott Duxbury's quote there, Jason. I think that's one of the most illuminating things about this sorry charade, really, is that it it shows Gino Pozzo's hand, really. Because I think there's no way that Scott Duxbury goes out and says stuff like that if he thought there was a real chance of um, of, uh, of Rob Edwards losing his job this early in the season. He he would he would know exactly how that looked. He would understand the optics. He's a canny operator. He's not going to go all out and say that sort of stuff if he was of the opinion that he went in with a decent chance of getting a, a proper crack of the whip, which which he hasn't. So what that that tells me is that Gino is. He's on his own with this. He is in charge. He makes the decisions pretty much at every level when it comes to, uh, you know, operational, you know, the, the high level, the team side of stuff. He's calling the shots. He's the owner. And, and, and you know, you could say as an owner, it's, it's entirely up to him how he, how he runs a football club. He's the one that's responsible um, for financing, etc., etc. It's his train set. He can turn it on and off when he wants. Sort of, but, Mike, but I don't get that. He's never well, come look, out. He's never come out and said, hey, "Yeah, I'm the owner." But actually, what I also do is I clean the kit. Or oh, I'm the owner, and the other thing I like to do is I like to cut the lawn. <laughs> what does he do? Well, and, he owns and the football and for club, me, John. No, no, but that's not a job. And if you do have a role, even though it's not your job, what is your role? And he's never come out and said it. And it's just ridiculous. So if you're going to take responsibility, then take responsibility well, he see, and know he where it's it going to work. To, but to what run is the his job? Club. Then well, run the whole football it. club. Don't well, just, don't he just pick it. the... He want, no, it's him playing football manager for real. Well, effectively, yes. But he's not running the football club. He's running the first team. So give yourself a title. 
Well, that's but what, he doesn't need to because he's the he's the boss and he can run it how he sees fit. Well, what then I'm define saying your is, responsibilities. No, he doesn't need to. That's what I'm saying, John, because he is the he is the owner. He doesn't have to do anything. We're pretty. It's pretty clear. He do, he doesn't care what the media think about him. He, um, he's pretty. I'm not sure that he cares what you, I, or Jason think about him. He's he's a businessman who is in a situation where he owns a football club and he is running it the best way he sees fit. There's absolutely no way he's going to find in his time, uh, or he's, he's going to see it as as as, as important to, to define what his role is. He's doing what he sees fit, and my my point is that that is becoming crystal clear now. That that his he is he's doing what he thinks is right for the football club, and it's his way or the highway. Because Scott Duxbury isn't making those sort of statements if he doesn't think that what's going to happen. If if he doesn't think Rob's going to get back, so what I'm saying is we can now read pretty clearly be- between the lines that Gino is operating kind of on his own, and his, and his and his input will be as much or as little as he deems fit. And, you know, you can ask him to, to define... It's never going to happen. He's in charge, and he's in charge happen, of whatever... It, shouldn't it? But he's in charge of whatever he wants, whenever he wants. That's that's the bottom line. The, the thing that Jason mentioned there as well about we were defending the, the high turnover head coaches, and I think we were perfectly entitled to do that when it was working... And when it when there was when when there was a it felt like Watford were improving. But what has what has been evident in the past? There's been two two relegations in three seasons, which in anyone's book is a failure. If your job, if your aim is to is to to get your football club into the Premier League and to keep you keep them there, if it's relegated two out of three seasons, then that's 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 a failure. So my question is, how on earth can Gino who we've established is kind of in charge and calling the shots. How can he still think that hiring and firing two or three, four managers a season is the way forward when two in, two out of the last three seasons have ended in absolute abject failure? It's a- astonishing to me that he, that he sees that as the as the way forward. It's equally it's less astonishing, actually, because I think we know how he operates now. It's depressing and deflating to me that he he does it against the backdrop of the supposed reset that we've we've had this this summer. Gino is evidently ruthless. Gino evidently has um, his his blueprint, his ideas of how they're going to get success. For me, though, that those it's wrong. That plan is now wrong. It's outdated. It's outmoded, and there is a mountain of evidence to back that up. And the fact that he is persisting with this hire and fire mentality is a damning indictment of himself because if he's in charge of, of getting the, the, the head coach in, he is getting it wrong three times a season, which is it just the whole thing beggars belief that, that, that we're in this situation. And, and I you, see, you see sort of theories that they're trying to, um, trying to some, somehow make, make the club more or less um, more or less attractive for for a buyout. Why on earth would you? It feels like he's shooting himself in the shirt. It feels like he's devaluing the asset with each passing week. Sometimes, um, and I think the the stubbornness um, and the, and the unwillingness to to look at how his club that he has obviously has such an integral role in, in on so many levels is is failing 
on the pitch is is it's just it's it's quite extraordinary, quite quite extraordinary. I mean, the telling thing about me about Gino is that his name is the only one put with any of the press releases today. There's no there's no sign of Scott Duxbury's name. There's no them. way you'd have his name associated with that. Not after no, what but it's amazing that Gino is rather than just being a club statement. And for me, this I don't think this just comes down to the fact that Rob has not done great in 10 games of football. I think it more comes down to the fact that we understand that we originally felt or heard that Gioretta, the sporting director, was leaving and now he isn't. Go Can on. I just pick you up there? I, I think it's entirely down to how Watford performed under, under Rob Edwards. No, no, yeah, because... so that's your opinion, Mike. But I think clearly there has been a power struggle within that setup where there's Gino, there's Gioretta and there's Rob because we hear one thing that says Gioretta's going and Rob would get more say in things. Then all of a sudden, Gioretta's staying at the same time Rob's going. Now, for me, that's a working environment where it's not working. Can I ask you a question? So the news comes out last week that Gioretta's going. Hmm. Where has that come from? Was Gino around last week? Was he, was he away in Italy, did I read somewhere? Had he gone back to Indonesia at some point last weekend? I'm sure I read that somewhere. Perhaps he wasn't. Perhaps he was out talking to uh, Mr. Billich, perhaps. But... If he's not around, has something happened when he's not around that has caused this issue with Gioretta and that has caused someone to then feed out this story that he's on his way? That to me, just I, I just sort of smell a rat when I when I when I sort of see all this and how it is now panned out. Well, the two stories came out. One was Andrew French, uh, who said about it on the Watford Observer that he was going, and then Adam reported. Uh, on the athletic, that it was going to be uh, that he was being moved to a different role within the Pozzo organisation. So, so herein lies the important issue. So, Andrew in, in the Observer will have printed what he was told from a trustworthy source. We know we know that that he's not going to print a hearsay or or rumours. He will have been told that by someone at the club that that Gioretta was leaving. What you can what you can count what you can absolutely bank on is that that person wasn't Gino Pozzo. So someone at the club evidently was, was, was confident enough that Cristiano Gioretta was leaving the club to, to brief Andrew French. But this goes back to my initial point, that unless it comes direct from the horse's mouth, no one knows what's going to happen, because it's his way or the highway on absolutely anything. So someone high enough level for Andrew French to be happy to run the piece, said that he was going, yet he doesn't. Um, and, Ad, you know, Adam came in with a, with a later piece. He'd obviously, we don't need to get into the, the, the whys and wherefores of, of who, who wrote what story, yeah. but that the story was broken and, the story, and that was done on the basis that someone very, very credible will have said it. And it didn't happen. And and that just goes to show that the people there don't know what aren't involved in the process. Presumably, high level people are unsure, unaware of what's going to happen next. Scott Duckby's been been completely had the the rug pulled under him in terms of his statement over the summer. Whoever's told Andrew French about Cristiano Gioretta leaving has also been proven to be, you know, to ha- has had their rug pulled under them because. That, that's changed. And it all goes back to, this is quite reductive, Gino doing what Gino wants, but not only Gino doing what Gino wants, but doing it not necess- without really the blessing 
or the input or the the knowledge of high level people at the club, which just speaks to the the play. The, you know, the, 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 how can how can the a club run in a? And I'm talking high level here. I'm not talking about the about staff doing the the day to day functional stuff. I'm talking about the real high level strategic planning of the club. How can that be perceived to be? succeeding or successful when the left hand at the top clearly doesn't know what the right hand is is doing and no one seemingly knows what Gino is is going to do next it's it's just farcical and and, and it, you know Rob has gone against everyone's wishes because I've said it on the podcast before I what I would would take 15th place in the division and Rob Edwards still being there at the end of the season, not because I don't want Watford to get promoted, or not because I don't I want them to don't want them to succeed, but because I want to have evidence of there being a willingness to learn, a willingness to develop, and to take the time to do it, not just to do this ridiculous. Things aren't going quite as I'd hoped by this stage. Manager out, manager in. That's what that would have shown. And what we've seen is that there is no desire whatsoever from Gino Pozzo to change his his ways in terms of the, his approach for, for getting successful Watford Football Club. Neither is there a change in his approach to trusting senior people at, at the football club. There, there is presumably an ever-decreasing inner circle, which you can probably draw your own conclusions as to, and, as to who's involved in that. But Gino Pozzo has perhaps one or two um, lieutenants, if you like, is it lieutenant or lieutenant? Anyway, in his, his inner circle, there's Gino and one or two others, and the rest basically are on the outside looking in, trying to trying to keep the ship on an on an even keel, which is looking increasingly difficult with each well with each passing day, week, month. Really, it's it, that the whole place under his stewardship at this stage feels like it's on very, very, very rocky rocky road. For me, also looking at it. To, to react in such a way that he is to the last two, like I say, last three seasons, Mike, you know, looking at those reactions he's done, it makes you feel like you've got to make choices, you've got to make moves, because if you don't do this, the worst thing might happen. So the financial, you know, frailty, let's say, of the club does sort of start to seem a bit louder when you see someone making a decision like this so so quickly does it not i think Gino is desperate to get watford back into the premier league which which is laudable and which is obviously what we all want and we want success in the in the premier league he has managed it before and i think it's important that watford get into the premier league for financial reasons i think it's pretty clear that that two relegations in three seasons the pandemic um, some dodgy, some sort of questionable transfer dealings, having to pay off managers three times a season is going to mean there's the serious financial implications for Watford. They're not a, a wealthy club with with huge amounts of income um, from from other sources. So I think there's definitely a, a financial cloud hanging over the club. How big and how serious and problematic that is remains to be seen. But but the bottom line is. Fans want the club to get up to be in the Premier League because they want us to be operating at the, at the highest level possible. We want us to be successful. Gino probably almost certainly wants Watford to be at the highest level possible because of the financial side of things. 
But his, what's massively concerning, what the real issue for me is, is, and I'll say it again, his approach in trying to achieve that is, is just, it just seems to me to be absolutely insane. Two relegations in three years, chopping and changing the manager, yet still he persists. It worked before, as, as Jason said earlier, as we've all said, we've, made, we've, we've joked about it for, for 10 years and we've stuck up for it for, for large portions of that because it worked. But that model, that mode has been overtaken and it's been proven not, not to work. To stick with it, and again, to stick with it against the backdrop of the wishes of, of so many people is, is so disappointing and is so concerning. And I don't know whether to be numb, to be deflated, whether to be angry, what to be really. But it's, I'm, I tell you, I'm fed up, absolutely fed up i couldn't believe it when the news broke today i, I it hadn't we we probably sort of half joked about it in the in the podcast after the sunderland game um but for it to come to pass it's like i'm i'm, I'm just numb numb to it from the rookery end a podcast about life following watford fc but jason we move on we go on we continue to support watford as we have done for many years you, of course, remember Jason more than Mike and I. Um, <laughs> the, the thing to remember, the thing is, though, we, we've got this new manager. We we, we can sit here um, and we can you know, we can try and figure this out in terms of from what we've seen from him in the past. It does feel like, um, in terms of his choice in the the group, let's say he's pulling from, Rob felt like a very different place from where he's pulled previous managers from but this one definitely feels to me like he's like, you know if you put I'd, I'd, I would put him in the same sort of category as as Hodgson and as as Claudio you know they are managers on their down who have had a decent crack at, at running aside and and some success but they're not there anymore but they just seem to be a safe pair of hands what are you what what do you think we're going to see from from Bilic at least initially Interesting one, isn't it? He's going to be different to to Rob. Clearly, you just look at the the just sort of the demeanour of the of him versus Rob. And it, and this, I know we've done the hierarchy and and the way they're going about things and all that. But again, I just want to make the point. We've talked about it in the past where we're meant to have this model of when you change the manager, it doesn't impact the club overall, but what we've seen in recent years is we've lurched from one type of manager to a completely different type of manager to another completely different type of manager. And to me at the moment, it feels like we've done that again because we've gone from Rob, who seems a very sort of tactile, hands-on, treat the players as people, as as much as, as footballers, to Bilic, who you, you, I'm not sure, I'm not, I haven't followed his career ever so closely, but... I can't see him being that sort of manager. Also, I think when Billich was obviously his most recent foray into English football was West Brom, wasn't it? When I think he um, I had a quick look earlier on, and I think some of the other guys have done, and it's a he used a sort of four-two-three-one sort of setup. Again, not the the three at the back that Rob prefers. Although, obviously, one of our gripes is the fact that Rob wasn't backed in terms of shaping the squad this season, probably didn't get the players he would have liked for his preferred setup. So perhaps what we've got, perhaps with the players we've got, a Slavin Bilic 4-2-3-1 might actually suit our squad. 
and he might be able to play players in their preferred positions. Um, a right back, a right back, a left back, a left back, rather than wing backs um, out of sorts in the wrong place. Two defensive midfielders in there that, that we seem to have. And uh, when Loser comes back as well alongside a Chowdhury, that perhaps will work better. A 3-1 up front, so allowing for a proper number 10, having Pedro in there, perhaps we'll get the best out of him playing there. Can I, can I just pick up on something you said, Jess? In some ways, to me, it feels almost distasteful to be talking about what, what Slavon Bilic is going <laughs> to bring to I was about to, to say that. I, I was about to say that. I, I, I was about to say if I'm looking for positives, but I'm not feeling positive, And I don't feel no. like I can be bothered to look for positives no. because we've been here so many times before and it just feels like what's the point about talking about a new manager when expectation is that he's not going to be there in a few months because Gino would have got trigger happy again but that's not the point of John's question so try not to do that too much no you're right and you've done you've done a good job but I, I, I think there's a there's potentially it's important to point out this isn't Slavin Bilic's fault and no. of course, the, the, you know, there was a very real possibility that Watford could get promoted this season. There's a very real possibility that Slavin Bilic could slot in and could get a tune out of this squad, which, yes, we know it's lopsided. Yes, we know it's lacking specific players. Um, you know, we've spoken about it virtually on every podcast so far this season because we've watched the games, we've seen the issues, we've known where the problems are. We also know that there is quality in the squad and we also know that if they click, they could be a decent side. And, and as you've alluded to there, Jace, perhaps Slavin Bilic is the, is the man to get the best out of, of what we do have. And, and if they do get promoted, then, well, OK, we'll, we'll perhaps revisit this podcast and my anger and, and frustration and and look at it through the filter of, of promotion to the Premier League. But Jason mentioned Rob, Rob Edwards being, being tactile and a, a particular type of person. And, and I think that's an important, an important thing to pick up on because he did feel like a kind of unifying character. Uh, he, he fitted a profile that, that we, we really wanted, I think, as, as supporters. I certainly did. Someone who is approachable, someone who is young, someone who has got something to prove, someone who is, uh, on, the, on the face of it, good with, good with players, um, good with personnel, good with It was with amazing at the Junior Hornets Day. The way he worked yeah. with all the kids, the time he gave, his engagement with them, just showed... And, you know, yeah. I, I saw Anne and she said he's got that GT quality about him as, as yeah. a people person. Yeah, and, 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 and perhaps most importantly, they, they're all nice things to have. But from what I knew about him and what we, when we spoke to him and what I read about him, his understanding of players and how to get the best out of them is a real bonus. And so it's like, right, OK, here's, here's a plan. Here's someone who can grow with this team and this, this club and hopefully deliver something over, the, over, over time. So it was, it was more about, not more about, but, but the add-on with Rob Edwards was what he delivered in terms of of personality and a person and that getting us back together and believing in something as a as a, as a fan base after the after the dismal couple of years we've had because let's not forget the promotion in, that sandwiched those two relegations was behind closed doors no one got to enjoy it so as supporters we've we've, we've had such a rough time of it and Rob Edwards felt like he could be a uniting character. And Adam Drury, he tweeted me, and I thought this, this struck a chord with me. He said, hiring somebody who prioritised a relationship with fans and an inclusive ethos 
then pulling the rug from him under the uh, pulling the rug from under their feet after five minutes feels like a middle finger to that way of working and anyone who wants to feel a connection to the club. It's so depressing, and I think that sums it up really nicely. It's not. No one's going to argue that the, the football under Rob Edwards has brilliant, been brilliant for these first 10 games. No one's going to say that it's perfect. But at least it felt like we had a chance of building something. And at least it felt like there had been a, a, some awareness within the hierarchy that they had to do something and had to make a, a, a hire that would, that would deliver that. And for it to have been chucked in the bin with, with undue haste does tell us something about about Gino and his and his view that he and you could argue that this is absolutely fine that he definitely prioritizes promotion over anything else and that I guess is is fine but when you overlay that with the fact that we he's trying to do it in a way that we've all seen that doesn't work is that sort of that middle finger thing it it does feel like it's like look I know what this looks like I know what you're all going to say but I'm going to do it anyway because this is this is what this is my train set and this is how I'm going to operate it and it's I think that's why you know Jason said he's finding it hard to to want to talk about the the new manager and what he might bring that's why I'm so cross because it just feels like we've just been it's just you know why why should we care if all that's going to happen is Gino's going to do whatever he wants whenever he wants to do it, regardless of all the of, of what the evidence points to him him having to do? Why should anyone commit? Why should anyone be bothered? And of course, the reason is because we want the team to be successful. We love this football club with with all hearts, and the reason is we went on that on the Taylor Trek on on Sunday, which John you, you and I did it, and it was it was joyous because we walked around Watford. We saw the little bits and bobs. That, that Graham Taylor, the ethos, ran through that, that, that day. The community, the importance of the club in the community, the importance of bringing supporters together, the importance of what a football club can do. That's why we love it. That's why we care. And that will never be knocked out of us. But that's also why we're angry, because it feels like our club is being used not as a vehicle for good, like it has been so often in the past, not like, not like we believe it should be, but it's just being run in a way that is evidently and demonstrably not going to succeed and is and is just seems to be against the against what the ethos of Watford Watford Football Club should be so yeah quite frankly today i i don't care about Slaven Billet of course when they take to the field with their first game i want them to do well but there's a bigger issue here and it's a it's a really it's a really tough one to tackle because obviously the elephant in the room is people talking about Gino Pozzo out and it's time for him to sell and and what's the best way of, of perhaps exerting some some pressure because if we are this fed up then then you have to sort of perhaps think about how you are going to voice that pressure I don't I don't necessarily know what that is I think in terms no. of Gino Pozzo out I think I think the club like every club is probably up for sale. I think Gino in his head, just like most owners in of, of football clubs, have a figure in their head that if someone comes up to them and says, "Here's X hundred million quid," the, the deal would probably be done. I think, and I think so. For all intents and purposes, Watford, like any other football club, is probably always up for sale. So Potso out is kind of pushing at an open door. It's 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 what you want to happen. But it's probably potentially what Gino would quite like to happen if someone comes in with it with the right bid. 
the fact that he hasn't sold the club shows that no one has come um, come in for it. And there has been no serious conversations, as far as I'm aware, not that I'd be privy to that, of course. So you can want Gino, Gino out, and that's, that's absolutely fine. Um, but someone asked me, do, you, do I think it's time for, for Gino to go? And the answer is, well, I'll, I'll answer that when I know what the alternative is. Um, because whilst I've been very vocal so far this evening, and again, apologies for that, on being pretty clear that I'm not impressed with the way that Gino's running things, and I think he's got it badly wrong with this one, and I think he he's continuing to get it badly wrong with a number of decisions. What comes next, we don't know. So that doesn't mean we can't wish for better or hope for better or hope for change. Absolutely not. But you can't make an informed decision until what we know comes next. So what do we do in, in the meantime is really, really difficult. And do we, do we try and exert pressure by, by not putting money into the club, not buying programs, not buying food? Do we, do we boo on the, on the, on the, on the, on a match day? Well, that, that, that's to the detriment of the team and, and do the team deserve it? No. Does the manager deserve it? No. Um, so I think we're in a really difficult, emotional, turbulent time as supporters, and I think it's worth taking some time for us, us, uh, and 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 the wider fan base to think about what what actually we want and what's the best course of action, what's the most appropriate way for us to to proceed and to to make our feelings known without it being to the detriment of the team, without just simply saying Pozzo out, which which whilst I get the sentiment, is, is meaningless unless someone wants to wants to buy it. It's quite confusing and quite troubling and quite upsetting and quite tiring at the moment when ultimately all we want is for our beloved football club to be... You know, I don't even... I want us to be successful. I don't need us to be successful. I need it to be there and I need it to be Watford. I need it to be doing Watford things. I need it to be doing the things that are delivered on the Taylor Trek. I need it to be doing the Junior Hornet stuff. I need it to be doing doing the sensory room. I need it to be a friendly place. I need it to be somewhere where my mates uh, and my family can get together and enjoy going to the football. I need it to be Watford. I don't need them to be challenging for Europe. I want them to be. I don't need it. But So and that's what we all want. But at the moment, it feels like I'm tired. I'm tired of, of, of the emotional that, uh, energy that I invest into it. I'm, I'm tired of, of trying to work out the best thing for it. I'm, trying to, I'm tired of trying to work out if I'm in the right or in the wrong with how I feel about it. And that's, that, that's, that's difficult. And I suspect there's many, many people listening who, who feel, feel the same. And I think it's important that we, that we, we stop think and try and work out what where we go from here as supporters how we how we feel and act is 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 going to be quite important i think going going forward i think you're right we do need to figure out a way to to voice our concerns i think um to someone who doesn't sort of come along to public you know moments maybe we have an organized boo on the 13th minute or something like that. I don't know what it is, but not at not at the uh, the obvious times of the beginning or half time or, or full time. Um, you, you you say you don't know what you're going to do, Mike. But at five to five this, today, you did ask on our WhatsApp group anyone going to Stoke. So it leads to thinking about <laughs> going to the game on Saturday. Yeah, look, of course, I love I, I I love going to I love going to Watford, and I would you know I went to I had to work at um, Stevenage Wickham in the in the Papa John's Trophy last Tuesday, and I sort of slightly tongue-in-cheek saying I think I'm at a tournament which is going to give Watford their best chance of silverware in the in the coming years and I think potentially that might be true and I think the crowd was 700 
But I knew full well if Watford were playing in the Papa John's Trophy, I'd be there. Because if Watford are playing, I want to see them and I want to see them do well. It doesn't matter what level. It doesn't matter what's going on in the background. Um, I, I want them to succeed and I want them to be the best they can be. And if that's in the Premier League, that's what I want to happen. If that's in Europe, that's what I want to happen. If that's going deep into a cup tournament, that's, that's what I want to happen. I want them to be the best they can possibly be. But whatever they are, I want to be there to see it. So that will never, ever change. But I also want to make sure that I'm channeling my energy in, in, in the best possible way. And, and to be perfectly frank, it, it feels really, really raw this evening. And I'm going to need to take some time just to, to try and work out and how I think it, I, should, I should be feeling and how I, I should be acting about, about the club at the moment. Because I love the team. I love Watford. But I am desperately unhappy about the way it's being run by Gino Pozzo at the moment. It's an important thing to, to talk about as well. I mean, I've seen on the socials today fans of the club saying they're done with Watford and they, they want to stay away and they, 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 they almost don't want to be Watford fans anymore. And I, that that's quite sad to me. And it's something I've spoken about when we've had difficult times recently before. I'd, and I'd sort of encourage Watford fans not to give up on the on the club because it's our club. It's It's not... Gino's club, despite what a bit of paper somewhere might say, mm. it's our football club. We are the fans. Everything else is transient. Players come and go. Managers and head coaches, God, don't we know it? They come and go. <laughs> and at, at some point, Scott Duxbury and Gino Potzel will go and they will no longer yeah. be part of this club. But we as fans, and whether that be us, our friends, our family, obviously a lot of us pass this down through sort of generations and have had it passed down generations to us. We are still going to be there, and and I, it, it's hard when it's tough. But I think if um, if we are Watford fans, not to give up just yet. Like you say, Mike, let's get behind the team, get behind the club, and then we think about a way as to as to express our dissatisfaction with the with the uh, the regime. You, I completely agree with you, Jace, and that's that, that's something to really keep in mind. I did have a question I was going to ask, but I'm going to leave it for now. And that was, would promotion make you feel any different about Gino Pozzo and his choices? But I don't, as we've sort of said, it's a little bit raw, all this, and maybe Mm. that's something we can't quite answer right now. Or if anything, what would it be? I suppose the other question really is, how would that change it? What would make you, again, trust almost Gino? But let's... Let's have a I'll think tell you about what, John, let's, 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 stick, let's stick a pin in that then. And if we do mm. get promoted, we will, we'll get together and we'll listen to this podcast <laughs> and, we'll, and we'll see how we feel about it. Because I think you're right, John. I think it is a valid, valid question. Do, do the, does, the means, does the end justify the means? Is in a, in a, in a cutthroat results-orientated business where we do want the best for our club, which potentially means getting into the Premier League, could, could, could Gino phone me up after listening to this podcast and say, I'm not going to put on Italian accent. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> you absolute dribbling wally, Mike. You were there telling me I didn't know what I was doing. Well, I'll see you for the first day, first day of the season at home with Arsenal. Uh, maybe, but, you know, the, I, 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 stand by, I stand by everything I've, I've well, said slash shouted um, so so far this, this evening, but it's it's a, it's a good it's a good and valid point, John. Well, we shall see how we feel at the end of the season. Promoted 
or not. Um, thank you very much, Michael. I hope you feel better. I know I do for having a chat to somebody because we've, we've all been happy. You know, this whole thing happens during the day and all the conversation is these little lines and here and there and everywhere on the WhatsApp group and my phone has to go away during lessons and there's 43 messages and I have to come back. I haven't actually had to sit down with anybody to have a talk about it. So it definitely feels better for me. What about you? You better? Well, like, no, well, yes, it's always good to talk to you guys. Voices are voices of reason, and uh, yeah, you know, you're my you're my podcasting brothers, my Watford brothers, and I, and uh, I love you dearly. But I just I, I think the the overall feeling is is that of slight confusion, trepidation, worry, sadness, um, and sad for Rob. Really, desperately sad yeah. for Rob. Let's not for, let's not forget the human element of this and yes he will have known what he was coming into yes you assume he's get his contract paid up yes you know when he goes to his next job they're not going to go and look at his cv and say well what happened at Watford then Rob you didn't do very well there and you know no one's gonna <laughs> haul him over the coals for, for getting fired after 10 11 games at Watford are they so you, you, yes you'd like to think that his career will 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 continue on a decent trajectory but he's committed you know a, a lot to this and and he's been he's been cast aside so I, I feel I feel sad for him. I feel sad that it hasn't worked out. I feel sad that this reset that we hoped was going to manifest itself in reality has just proven to be a complete mirage. Um, so I, I, I feel better for, for talking, absolutely. But it's, it, it's, it's just tough, isn't it? It's, it's, I feel deflated. Deflated is how I feel. Jason, you feel a bit better? Can you see this, the end of the tunnel? I feel a bit better simply because no matter how bad you're feeling, you can talk to Mike Parkin and know that he's feeling worse. (laughs) Glad to have been of service. And of course, his legs are hopefully feeling a bit better after yesterday's 18 mile walk. We did actually record a podcast um, on the walk and we will put it out, but we just feel we had to deal with this first and we didn't want to to mix such an amazing day and a fun podcast that we did uh, with this sort of news that we've got today. So maybe later in the week, uh, we find out a bit more about what happened and what we discussed. Uh, on our Taylor Trek all the way through Watford um, and beyond uh, this last Sunday just gone. Thank you, Michael. You're welcome. Cheers, guys. Thank you, Jason. Thank you. And thank you very much for listening uh, and uh, continuing to listening to us uh, from the Rookie Uh And do follow us, of course, on socials at Watford Podcast. Come on, you